welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast. My name is Johnny Drury. I'm alongside ENS correspondent Lewis Cox. I'm actually alongside him today in person. We'll explain a little bit more in a few moments' time. Um, after Albion, well, it's all going to be about the, the win over Norwich and Albion have taken the playoff fight to the final day. Cox, he didn't think I'd be saying that really uh, yesterday afternoon, but they have. How are you, my friend? Anyway, the day after the, uh, the day before. Very well, Johnny. Good to see you, mate. Um, I think we need to get straight into this. You know, listeners will be wondering what that strangely different sound in the background is. We are officially on a road trip. We certainly are. We haven't purposely taken the baggage broadcast on the road, but I'm taking Coxie on a bit of a day trip to uh, to God's country, to Wales today. Um, we're actually on a work trip, and we thought, you know what? Let's kill some time on the way to the game. We'll record the baggies broadcast so we've done a few tests we think the sound is okay you might hear a little bit of rain in the background it's just starting to rain here we're on the a483 just uh, just coming past wrexham's race course ground actually a little bit of a uh, little bit of football there for you but <laughs> so yeah we're uh, we're on the road it's a bit it's a bit strange coxie sort of moving an iphone in between myself and him and uh, yeah we'll see how we uh, we'll see how we get on i'm sure we'll have someone saying uh, we're at the bottom of a swimming pool and they can't hear very well but we've tested the sound we think it's all right bloody hell johnny who says blokes can't multitask here you, yeah. you you're you know you're manning the fort at the wheel hosting a pod this needs to go on your cv i reckon this is this is incredible stuff um yeah i mean i, I think i speak for both of us uh, say we're pretty tired um 5 30 you know, speaking on Sunday, 5.30, kick-off last night. Didn't get home till the pretty late at night, did we? And then subsequent work and, and on the road pretty sharpish to, to head to North Wales, uh, a part of the part of God's land you know pretty well, mate. And, uh, yeah, got a bit of cup action this, this evening, haven't we? A cup final um, of, of Welsh footy that we're, we're covering for, for other parts of um, the ENS's brochure. But it was quite the night, wasn't it, at the Hawthorns? Quite the, quite the evening. Um, Albion got the Albion got the job done, and and credit to them because they had to do it the hard way from behind. And yeah, I know we did a video after the game at the Hawthorns last night, but um, I, I think yeah, certainly head coach Carlos Corban and, and the players just do deserve a bit of credit and a bit of recognition that they're ultimately taking this to to the final day in South Wales this time next week. No, this time next week and a day. Yeah, in South Wales, just want to dot. Uh, dot a few I's and cross a few T's if there's any uh, Baggies fans who listen to the Baggies broadcast that are law enforcement uh, I'm not on the phone Coxie's got the phone uh, he's holding it up true. to me I'm not reading a script I'm fully concentrated on the road um, just basically like we're having a conversation really but recording it so uh, yeah just to uh, just to cover cover <laughs> our backs but yeah we're obviously going to start Lewis with, with Norwich um, just on the on the face but we spoke last night Albion showed showed character and I don't it's not that I want to start a damp note but I think last night's performance and result makes it even more frustrating that they only needed one more win to, to <laughs> leave it in their, their own hands you know and you, you look back at the games you know you only have to go back in the last two months to look at missed opportunities all it would have taken is you know another win or a couple of draws and it would have been the fate in Albion's hand yeah definitely that I we, we were saying that sort of after the final whistle weren't we but you, you can't you can get bogged down in ifs, buts and maybes, can't you, and sort of whataboutery, it's even recently you know, you don't have to go back a week, don't you and the Sunderland game, and Chef, you, Arvin looked great for a point didn't they, until Taylor, um, Gardner Hickman's error, and then, you know, you, you dare to think back to that Easter bank holiday doubleheader, and, and for me 
the two worst performances under Corbrandt, or certainly two of the worst. And where you know, I think back to those two, you know, Rotherham away, and then that, then that absolute, just such a bad slip up, wasn't it, at home to QPR? And and Corbrandt actually calling out the, the the sort of the fight and competitiveness and desire of his teams on those days, which he hasn't done really, other than those two occasions. So you can get bogged down in all of that. You're right. Yeah, it, it can be frustrating what ifs and it, it could be a very different picture couldn't it but it's as we've said before and we're gonna come on to this you know down the line weeks down the line when when we summarize the whole season it's a difficult one too isn't it and you have to break it up into sections I think you have to we have to remember that remember where Albion were when Carlos Corban walked through the door after his first game the next section was an absolute immense high wasn't it of what 10 wins out of 11 and brilliance until January form that was probably never going to continue and then the, the what the three months since have been been a bit of a roller coaster really haven't they write-offs comebacks ups downs absolute sort of cocktail of joy and emotion really it's been it's been all over the place but you know credit we're, we're heading to the final day with it still to play for yeah slim as, as, as Carlos put it to me yesterday, 0.0001% or whatever. And we, we were, uh, well, I was scratching my head over the permutations. You were trying to give me a maths lesson. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still, there's, a, there's a still a slightly slim chance, isn't there? So happy days. Yeah, just personnel wise, I think, don't think it was any really surprises yesterday. John Swift come back, and I thought he did well, John Swift. Um, can you see him? Is there a possibility to now make any changes with? heading into the final day can you see Albion are going to have to they're going to have to win two results are going to have to go for them and it looks highly likely that they're going to have to overturn some sort of goal difference Albion on a side that score a lot of goals <laughs> can you see Carlos maybe going a bit more attacking I know the options aren't there you know it's not like you've got DK there but can you see him going a little bit more offensively from the off Sorry, there's some absolute idiotic driver behind me who almost caused a crash. <laughs> no, um, take 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 you up on that point. I, I I understand the in in terms of personnel. I'm not sure to be honest. I'm I'm not sure it's there to be done. Almost. Um, I think we've seen Carl and Grant on the left, haven't we? Who's he is a winger. You could almost call him a forward, couldn't you? You know, 18 goal top scorer last season. Um, that's a more offensive option than Mark Brighton, isn't it? The only other option, obviously, Albrighton is, is largely struggled. Um, I'm not sure I see any other. You, you would imagine that a John Swift playing that role instead of Gardner Hickman is a more attacking choice, you, you would say. I'm not so sure I can see anything else, Johnny. Well, I mean, Rogic wasn't involved yesterday with, with injury. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone sees him starting on the final day. I, I'm not sure I see the, the possibilities. Now, if you take that away from personnel and uh, thinking of maybe sort of style and formation there could be options couldn't there obviously we've seen a 4-2-3-1 for, for most under Corbran variations of late you know sometimes one six and two number eights or vice versa um, but personnel wise it's slim pickings isn't it and that's yeah that, that goes back to the squad the lack of depth of course injuries how different the picture would be with Phillips, Dean, Garner, DK, just talking about attackers alone, it'd be a total ke- different kettle of fish, wouldn't it? You'd be starting a Thomas Asante or starting a DK, then bringing the other one on from the bench fresh on an hour to give a different headache and you know, ask different questions of opposition defences. It'd be a totally different picture. And 
that was part of what was so successful for Corban actually wasn't it when, when Albin were winning all of those games one striker starting one coming on they were complementing each other so well and a rotation policy starting one then starting the other it was leaving opposition scratching their heads and it was really useful and um, obviously Brandon Thomas Asante got that suspension against Chesterfield didn't he when it all slightly started to unravel and that's possibly a, another little factor in where things went I was going to say pear-shaped, but not quite pear-shaped, but when things tailed off a little bit. Um, it's, it's just a shame that heading to Swansea in such a you know, must-win, do-or-die with so much on the line that there aren't more options for the head coach, really. Um, and yeah, another reason why you should be so, so credited, I think, and deserve so much praise, really, for actually where he's got this, this group, this thin squad, this tiny group of players, where he's managed to get them to you know, on the final day. Yeah, apologies, Bags, if we sort of jump in, um, around subjects because I haven't got a, you know, I like to be prepared and I haven't got a script in front of me. But just flipping back to, to yesterday, uh, I want to make an apology to, to Conor Townsend. Conor Townsend stepped up to take that free kick. And I turned to the man next to me and I said, What on earth is Conor Townsend doing standing over that free kick? And then he wrapped it straight in the top corner. Um, not something we sort of expected to see, Lewis. Just want to talk about Townsend. He's, for me, his form can be quite inconsistent at times, but I think since he's taken the armband, recent weeks you've got to sort of you've got to credit him arguably probably one of Albi's better performance performers in recent weeks I, I think he's had a pretty decent second half of the season actually um, I know, up and down you're right I think it's slightly inconsistent and I, I know within certain sections of the, of the fan base that you know, some might scratch their head at why he's got the armband it doesn't just doesn't look maybe strike you as that as that natural um a vocal presence as, as a leader but not all captains have to be like that to, you know some lead by example some aren't ranters and ravers ballers and shouters I actually asked Carlos yesterday why um, you know after Jake Jake Livermore and, and Dar O'Shea Townsend was kind of the next in line and, and Carlos did point to his sort of longevity at the club and the stature he, he obviously has behind the scenes in the dressing room I know he's a respected figure and I think by and large his performances have been good and something absolutely that's come on I mean even in you know I've obviously done this season but clearly going back before this season as well prior to this season he scored one goal in four seasons for Albion of course that FA Cup strike against West Ham wasn't it now since January alone he scored three goals since January alone and um and Carlos said that you know no coincidence there actually they've, they've tried to work on that with him they've tried to They've tried to improve his defensive qualities. He's always been attack-minded, hasn't he, Townsend? I think you know, willing to get up the pitch. They've tried to improve him as an all-round fullback, while not losing that attacking quality. And yeah, perhaps a coincidence. He's popped up with three goals now, and they've all been different goals, haven't they? Some from set pieces, crosses, and stuff. Credit to him for being in the box. Absolute wonder strike yesterday. He's obviously got that in his locker. Uh, as Connor Carlos, as, as you like for him to be called, Captain Connor Carlos. Um, yeah. I think he's. I think he's up there, Johnny. I mean, you know, in the in the top sort of handful, half a dozen players of of the season, maybe. I think I saw a, a tweet yesterday saying he's um, one of the shoe ins for player of the season. I'm not. I'm not quite sure I'd go that far, but played a lot of football. And and to be honest, that owes to a, a lack of depth in his position, doesn't it? You know how how many transfer windows has it been since Albin have gone into the market for the fullbacks? We we spoke about that, haven't we? And we think obviously that's an area that has to and will be addressed it's the same with Furlong on the other side isn't it um, but yeah you know credit Townsend um, super goal 
great moment for him. His first Hawthorns goal, his, his previous three had been on the road. So, uh, yeah, really pleased for him. And it, it was a vital goal, wasn't it? To hit back so soon on the stroke of half-time sort of limits that disappointment going into the break. And um, obviously set Albion up to, to grab, the, grab a quick second and, and put the game to bed, really. So people talking on social media about um, Brandon Thomas Asante. Now, he had that really good chance early on in yesterday's game where he slipped through one-on-one -on -one and I thought he was going to bury it considering some of the goals that he has scored. I know he hasn't scored a mountain of goals, but it seems to be something that his game sort of lacking that little bit of a clinical edge and we can forgive him at this level because he has come from League Two. But if, if Thomas Asante can put that to his game, I think Albion are going to have a really... You know, some player they've already got some player on their hands now but he you know he's probably going to he's, well, he's obviously going to take the burden for for, Sat, for for Monday sorry remains to be seen if he if we get to the playoffs he's going to have to take that sort of burden and probably next season he's probably going to end up being unless because Albion aren't going to spend big on a striker this summer they might bring in a loadie but he's probably going to be Albion's main striker going into next season given the situation with Daryl DK so it's something that he really needs to add to his game, but if he does, Albion got a serious player on that. Yeah, I, I don't think I've made a secret that I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Um, he's, maybe not his all-round game because we're talking about a lack of compo composure, as you, as you rightly say at times. But other facets of his game are so strong, so impressive at times. I thought, I thought three moments actually yesterday that um, I thought encapsulate him really and uh, he's got nine goals which is an, is an okay return isn't it it's certainly not what you want your top goal scorer to, to have um, but for him in his context of his career it's, it's not bad um, however th that miss early on he has to he has to go through and beat the key give the keeper no chance does he yes maybe had, I think he had too much time to think about it and he's, he's better off the cuff isn't he um, when he's sort of just reacting naturally but he's got to improve that side of it that clinical one-on-one -on -one edge when it comes to his finishing however Johnny um, the, the the decisive match winning second goal from Jed Wallace doesn't come around come about if not for him yeah I mean he's prone on the deck with three defenders around him and comes away with the ball and I'm still scratching my eyes at how on earth he's done that it was superb play you know makes it down the left and obviously slips in Townsend who crosses for Wallace so pivotal for the for the match winner doesn't happen without his hold of play and his sort of strength resilience and then by the way we nearly saw something quite magical didn't we from the halfway line wow I mean I think the ball's pinged up to him with a defender up his backside and touch first touch just absolutely spins the defender out of the game pretty much an open Norwich half in front of him yet you know, has a little look up sees where Angus Gunn the keeper is and he's tried to he's tried to float it in from from you know inside the centre so um side of centre circle it was close wasn't it it was seriously close maybe six inches or so too high a couple of feet I don't know um, but Angus Gunn was scrambling uh, backpedalling he was worried it was um, it was a right it was a superb effort it would he's, he's got that touch of magic to him hasn't he he's got a bit of gold dust to him and he's an exciting player that the fans you know, I think majority of fans really, have really taken to works so hard typically had a couple of quiet games actually didn't he when it came to Sunderland the, the previous home game and Maybe Sheffield United, it, it looked a little bit jaded, like it maybe finally caught up with him, but back to somewhere near his best um, against Norwich. And actually, I thought Jed Wallace was really good back to near his best after looking a little tired. And John Swift as well. And I, I've, I've written actually this morning that, that will be available for, for listeners to read shortly online and in the paper. 
it felt to me like Albin's sort of three-pronged attack of BTA, Wallace and Swift all played well yesterday and how long since we've been able to say that in a game and what a difference it made now obviously that's yeah, that's a challenge to make them all, all play well more often and be more consistent together all too often it's maybe just Thomas Asante or maybe just Wallace or Swift having a brighter day but what a difference it made when they all had good performances I think you're right as well we had the Bags Broadcast fan chat the other night and uh, we were talking about John Swift and it, it's interesting that the fan made it a, an observation that Wallace and Swift's form sort of dropped off since the, the injury to Matt Phillips which is which is very interesting it's good to see them sort of finding a bit of form and, and hopefully it's not going to just be the one game it might be the three or four games uh, I just want to talk on another point we, we talked there about lack of options off the bench and Carlos's ties are pretty, hands are pretty tied Mark Albrighton came on again yesterday and didn't do an awful lot but didn't do an awful lot wrong um, it's a, I just want to try and put a finger on Lewis about just why he hasn't really if you'd have turned to me in January and said oh we're going to be bringing Mark Albrighton on for the final half an hour 20 minutes of games I'd be, I'd be really excited about it but now I'm I just put him in the same bracket as as other failed loan signings, like you know, he's in the Scott Sinclairs and your Daniel Sturridges and, and, and that that type, uh, which I feel quite quite sad to do because I like Albright as a player. I think he's a very honest player, and you know, do you know what I mean? Players don't play badly on purpose, but it just hasn't worked. And I can't understand why. He's hardly getting half an hour now, is he? I mean, we're looking at five, yeah, five ten minutes if that. Um, strange failed loan signing, isn't it? On on paper, when it happened in January, I think. I know myself, yourself, surely a high percentage of supporters, I know certainly the club, were very excited about the prospect of... Oh, sorry, it's not over the cat's eyes if you heard that. <laughs> in terms of a player profile, you're doing a superb job, Johnny, by the way. I'm sure I'm sure the listeners will be, you know, intrepid reporting this from uh, from North Wales. Um, yeah, what in terms of a profile as a player, Mark Brighton should have been bang on for, for a... Phillips matchup, shouldn't it? And no, there, are, there are many reasons why a signing might or might not work. You know, match fitness, um, the legs of a player, how, how how much he's got left in the tank, how he can integrate in a new squad, a new system, and and for one or maybe more of those reasons, it's it's not worked at all, has it? Yeah, obviously, he had a regular run in the side. Um, it's, it's all right. I've just, I've just spotted. I've just spotted. Like a ten-year-old child, Cox is just pointed at a McDonald's sign that's come over the top of the trees. That's one for the journey home. I don't know why, because we're not stopping. <laughs> yeah, that's one for later tonight, isn't it? Um, wow. Yeah, lost my trail of thought there. Um, Mark Albright. Yeah, he, he had a run in the side, didn't he? Early doors. Um, obviously, had an excellent debut. Remember that that night Hawthorns game. But uh, really tailed off from from like Blues away, wasn't it? And struggled to have an impact. You, you imagine him just whipping in quality balls like 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 a Wallace, but being able to do it with both feet um, to maybe pop up with the odd goal to have that. He's always been a workmanlike player, isn't, hasn't he? To have the legs to get up and down like Phillips was doing. Um, yeah, real disappointment. Yeah, I think to be honest. Without being too critical, I think you're right to put him in those names. Not all loans are going to come off, are they? And loans are typically younger players and you expect the inconsistencies. But when you loan sort of previously successful players who've had top careers, yes, there's an argument that some might be over the hill or their legs have gone and 
that we know there have been a good few of those but I don't think any of us thought Brighton was really going to be in that category yeah 33 he's not not too old isn't he he was actually playing semi-regularly for Leicester before the loan because of injuries for the Foxes so yeah just um, a, a real disappointment and, and I think both he and Chalaga as the January recruits and we know it's such a hard window to work they just haven't been able to kick Albin on in those positions in, in the way that's been required have they and that's yeah perhaps another little factor or maybe quite a bigger factor that's just gone against Carlos Corbin and Albion perhaps in this top six race no I think you're uh, I think you're right right we'll uh, we're going to bring you some questions in a second which Cox is going to have to read out today uh, just for again for them law enforcement baggies fans you're I, a I talented you're a talented man but not that talented not that talented um, but we'll bring you an advent before that taking Kettle and Toaster Man on the road today as you know Baggies Broadcast is brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man the place where you can go for all your household item needs I actually might need a new hoover soon so I might have to give the, uh, the Kettle and Toaster Man a call um, they've got loads of stuff down there they've got some great prices some really good products some really good brands so head over to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk to get yourself on well get your hands on one of their products right Coxie questions Questions, questions, questions. Questions, questions, Johnny. Yeah, I, I feel the role reversal. This isn't it? Me in the uh, me in the hosting chair. What do, you um, feel like? do you feel like Clive Myrie on Mastermind now? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel yeah. like um, you know that uh, some, some some listeners won't know what what on earth I'm talking about here. But you know that you know that Harry Potter gif where it's from a film and it says how dare you stood where he stood. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, what yeah. I I feel like. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> um, um, are you are you answering these? Nah, we'll, we'll both answer. We'll both we'll answer both them. Answer. Okay, yeah. I don't, I, I, answering questions I've read to myself feels a bit yeah. weird, but here we go. Um, friend of the show, Sunil Patel. Thanks for getting in touch, Sunil, as ever. Um, he's asked, which positions need strengthening over the summer? In brackets, whichever league. Striker's an obvious one. You've you touched on that, haven't you? Um, but I think we need two fullbacks. Something else we've touched. It's like we read these in advance, Johnny. Wow. Um, a centre-half and maybe another centre-midfielder with Livermore and possibly Mowat. Kipra Peters to leave um, well I mean I think Sunil's hit the nail on the head with a, a few of those positions hasn't he perhaps perhaps on that we can talk about you know he's, he's name dropped there obviously Livermore we know is is going to leave we had his letter the other night didn't we and an, an emotional farewell yesterday which was quite nice but he's he's mentioned you know Moat and Kipra two lone players who have well certainly in Kipra's case has had a, a really strong season hasn't he on loan with Cardiff Moat's sort of been in and out with Borough um, and Peters he's mentioned as well a free free agent signing this season who's turned out to be a regular really for Albion I mean I'll, I'll, I'll sort of hand over to you Johnny maybe on the the loans first before we tackle Peters how do you how do you see the loans and, and then I'll give my sort of two pence worth on those the loans the ones that are out on loan at the moment yeah Mo and Kip I think they'll both stay. I think they'll come back and they'll both stay I think Albion are in a position now where they it's going to be difficult to move someone like Mowat, given the fact that he hasn't really played at Middlesbrough. The only the only good thing in that in Albion is that he came on a Bosman, so Albion never paid for him. So if he goes for not a lot of money, but I know that he, if he was like Swift and Wallace were, he probably would have come in on a bigger contract, so he might be difficult to shift. And I think Mowat's still got something to give at Albion. I was really disappointed with how it sort of ended under Bruce and saw the back end of the Val reign for Moet early on he, he looked very good it looked like we had a really good player around and I think that player is still in there it'll be interesting to see how Corbrand might get anything out of him whether he comes back a different player I'm not sure Cedric Kipra I think Sunil makes the point there on centre-halves I don't think Albion need to look at centre-halves next season 
this isn't an idea. I think they do if one goes, and if one does go, it'll probably be O'Shea because he's probably the only one that's got any value if Albion do need to sell and if a club comes in with an offer. Um, but that's by the by. You've got O'Shea, Ajayi still under contract despite the fact he hasn't had the best of seasons. Bartley. Kyle Bartley, you've got Caleb Taylor to come back in there as well. So I don't think Albion will look will be too bothered about looking at the back. And if you look at Albion's season this year, they've conceded 50 goals. Yeah. And a lot of them came under Bruce. So Albion have been pretty solid at the back. You know, Corbrand's probably happy with what he's got at the back. I, I, to be honest, I'd be surprised if we haven't got full backs, but I do think they need to go and get a right back. I think left back, money's going to be tight. I think you've got Townsend, you've got young Zach Ashworth to come back in. He's probably going to give it a bash and push him all the way next season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah go on, Lewis. No, mate, no. Uh, well, I, I do probably slightly disagree on the the Kipra front I think I I can't find it tough to decide on Mowat really I, I know obviously I, I, I didn't see the games myself but I know he, he had an excellent start to his baggies career and and looked look the part and I suppose the question is from what you've seen from what baggies fans have seen of him does he look like a player that could could work un, under Corbran the way Corbran plays um, it's not I think I'm right in saying. Correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny. He's he's not a, not the most dynamic of central midfielders, is he? And I, I don't think we see that in Corbyn's game, sort of mass intensity, dynamism. So perhaps physically he might be able to cope. And I think it's uh, a good point. But then I think Swift. I don't think Swift's the most combative midfielder. No, he's not. Either. No, no, no. He's no. probably got more energy and gets around quicker than the Mowat, but. Yeah, it'll be. It, it depends who's, who who would take him as well. You, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I think with all these, this is a conversation for another day. But with all these players, you know, Albion for all, for all the will in the world might want to move a few of them on. But if they're under contract and they're getting paid. Unless a club's coming in and they're going to match that money, or unless Albion are going to make up the difference yeah. in a pay up, the players aren't going to move. And they're within their rights not to move. Yeah. Well, the bottom line is, as we know, Albion need to move players on, don't we? So yeah. While I mentioned I disagree on Kipra gone out had a good season probably got some value in having that good season played 40 odd games has he for, for Cardiff he's well liked there isn't he by all accounts um, so be it Cardiff or be it whoever because he'd have caught the eye of, of other clubs as well if they want to come in and offer X amount for him the Albion you know, will look to recoup look to perhaps get wages off the wage bill and, and he could be one of them their saleable asset I think I think they'll listen you listed off you reeled off centre half so there are options we we don't know on Caleb Taylor yet, but yeah, I could see him being a squad player. You know, sort of why not at this stage? Um, Peters, I, I think, I think Eric Peters has done a superb job by and large. I really do. Um, you know, comes in as a left back. We all expect him to be a backup, don't we? And in the end, plays more than well three quarters of the season at centre half. Quite incredible, really. And and by and large, superb in the role. Now, Albin have been largely watertight under Carlos, haven't they? So, however. I, I, I couldn't have sort of praised Peters anymore there however I don't think it's a foregone conclusion he gets a new deal really um, and if he does it'll obviously have to be on Albion's terms Peters will have to understand Albion's situation it's going to be minimal in terms of length isn't it he's, he's not obviously not getting any younger Peters so um, I suppose the only thing going for him is he can do that couple of roles but I suppose we'll, we'll see there it's, it's a good question isn't it and it's certainly when it comes to those two experienced loans that are away from the Hawthorns at the moment it's it's a fascinating one but I think if if, I, if Alvin find out they can get some 
any cash in there and you move them off the wage bill we're at a point aren't we really where that has to be the priority obviously so so that could be the case there shall we move on just on strikers you mentioned there what Albin have to do this season and they didn't do it last season and it's strange that they didn't do it last season because Albin have always relied on loans is they have to use the loan market this summer and what they what we'll start to find out Albin aren't at the top of the championship pecking order anymore so the, the top Premier League clubs you know aren't going to loan aren't going to look at Albion when they want to send out their, their loan stars so it's going to be middle of the road Premier League clubs but Albion have still got to use that well and I think they've got to use it to get a striker in next season because they like you mentioned a few weeks ago Coxie about seeing Cameron Archer bang him in for Borough they've missed a trick there um, whether you know we don't know the workings behind that loan deal and whether they felt Borough would be a better move but if Albion didn't go in for him they should have gone in for him and they need to they, that's what they because they're going to need a striker at the start of the next season. yeah a couple of things spring to mind there actually uh, Liam Delap of the, the, the City uh, they, were, they were heavily in for him weren't they the City youngster um, it is Liam isn't it yeah Liam, Liam Delap uh, eventually went to Stoke He's at Preston now yeah yeah, yeah it's two loans hasn't he and not, not fared too well but that's an example that, that Albion were very much in for one of City's well, maybe not leading lights youngsters, but a highly rated youngster, and um, and 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 the other one, of course, is the uh, the Villa striker, Keenan Davis, wasn't it? Um, remember, there they were showed sort of late late interest in him. I think that was post DK injury. Um, I, th- I think I'm right in saying maybe Archer had already gone on by then. I can't remember, but then Davis became a became a target, and and that didn't happen, and he went to Watford, but. Yeah, look, left themselves very, very light, didn't they? Considering DK wasn't back until the World Cup break, it was um, it was not an ideal start. And and Carlin Grant started with a few goals, then manager change. New man sees Carlin Grant strictly as a winger. Yeah, it, it certainly needs to be to be looked at, doesn't it? With yeah, we don't know if DK is going to play any more football this year, do we? Could be you know, worst case, really. It could be January by the time he's you know, back in the first team. So. I suppose we shall, we shall see in that regard. We've got a, we've got a message from a uh, question from Carl Burkett, Johnny. Carl Burkett, Burkett's running Mary Wilson close for number one fan at the moment. Oh yeah, big shout no, out no, to Carl. No, another another friend of the pod. He's uh, very excited. I think going by going by the, this tweet, uh, it begins in capital letters. Very shouty from Carl. Um, can we do it, boys? One word, Johnny. Of course we can. Oh, well, that's more that's than true. one. But yeah, oh. This time, Johnny has pointed out the next McDonald's. I knew that this was coming there. This is super brilliant, brilliant news. I'm currently deciding what I'm going to have for, for dinner later. Um, yeah, cheers, Carl. Um, yeah, Johnny thinks we can do it. I, I also do. You know, I'm going to let you into a little, you know, a little peek behind the curtains of the, the press box and the, and the media suite yesterday. I, you know, I, I, I was glass half full, listeners. I, I really was. I was talking permutations, desperate to look at the league table getting absolutely shouted down by Mr Drury and our uh, and our Albion colleague Joe Chapman telling me to close the tab put the league table away I was talking about the miracle of Swansea before it was even a possibility and uh, and here we are now all on the uh, all on the bandwagon <laughs> no um, yeah so I, I, I believe as well and I'll be um, a little part of me that'll be a bit gutted if it does happen because I'm not there and uh, I haven't missed too many I've missed one game this season and Swansea will make it too so yeah but uh, no everything crossed from, from where I am that it happens Carl continues Johnny um, in all seriousness does this Fred Bear squad have another four games in the legs to get us where we need to be that, that, that's possibly a fair question Johnny says prob- probably not 
Um, and he adds, I have four games worth of singing, screaming, shouting myself hoarse, if that helps. So, uh, yeah, quick word for Carl, John. Yeah, I think I was thinking about this last night, actually, Carl, just the permutations of it. And I mentioned in the video yesterday, you know, Albion need two results and they need to win. Um, and it, 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 it strikes your mind back to um, 2005, mm. you know, and, and the great escape and, uh, and, and the times that, it, you know, it's happened before. You know, it almost happened in in 2017. Uh, I, think, I think right to the right year, 2017, with... Um, Actually, Jake Livermore scored the goal against Spurs, and we were waiting on permutations. And it felt like for three or four weeks we were looking at what other teams were going to do, and it almost happened. And Albany got a history of results going their way. Even go back to, you know, 0102 when all the, everything went their way, and you know Wolves blew up just like they did at Brighton yesterday. We and uh, um, what was it? Six was it? Yeah, <laughs> six. Yeah, six. Don't like don't like playing against Albion, do they? Um, <laughs> But you go back to there, and you just Alvin got history of these things sort of going their way, and like there's, there's, there's times in the '90s that where it's happened, and they've needed results elsewhere. I think even Megson's first sort of six months when they survived, I think they beat Charlton on the last day. Other results went for them in the few weeks before, and it just feels like it's a bit of an Albion thing where sort of. The, all the gods are looking down nicely on Albion that's that's a heart sort of thing head says you're right Carl I don't think they've got four games left in them and I don't whether they've got it in them next week they've got to stand up and be counted next week and they've got to prove doubters wrong because it's easy to go and win yesterday against Norwich when do you know what I mean even like myself the most class half full Albion fan give up yesterday and written them off it's easy to go and win those games it's not easy but it, it's 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 easier pressure's off a little bit isn't the pressure's it? slightly on, the pressure's on at Swansea now and well I suppose the, is it the pressure's on from us as Albion fans but from the football the championship community if you want to call it in general it's probably not because Albion are the outsiders going into next week so whether that yeah. goes in their favour but there will be pressure on from the Albion fans and it's whether they can stand up and sort of take that I hope they can I, I just it's a difficult question to answer because well, they fail so many times I, I think Albion will win um, to be honest Johnny I think they'll go and win um, they, they have to and I think they will and it, ironically it's, uh, it's, it's, it's that big draw we need elsewhere isn't it that Millwall-Blackburn game isn't it if my uh, permutation calculations are, I think that'll be the one I'm not too bothered about Sunderland oh, right yeah I mean and you can you can just imagine the scenes in South Wales can't you if you know if, if it's still a stalemate between between Rovers and Millwall and, and you know Albin nick a goal and all of a sudden they're ahead and all of a sudden the league table is is going their way I mean you can imagine how it's going to be um, but I mentioned a, a couple of minutes ago I'm a, I'd be a bit gutted but I, I certainly wouldn't because I'd be uh, I'd be flying home flying back from my stag do ready to tackle the playoffs but um, yeah look it's it's a huge you know, as I said earlier Carlos said to me 0.001% or whatever it was it's a huge ask so many things have to go Albion's way but you know, giving themselves a chance haven't they you know which is I suppose all we could have hoped by this stage you know so um, I'll just talk for a few more we've had a question from Spencer George thanks for the question Spencer um, it's a li- it, it, it sort of touches on what we've spoken about in terms of Kipper and Moa actually so I don't think we need to spend more than 30 seconds on this really he's just said given our hugely restricted budget next year assuming we don't get promoted do you think Carlos Corbran will look to cash in on Kipper and Moa etc or in, or instead integrate them into the squad um, 
as I, well, just quickly there, Johnny, as I touched on, I think we're at a stage where players need to be sold, moved on where possible, don't they? So I think strike while the iron's hot if there's interest, is my opinion, um, that the head coach might think otherwise, but I think that's what the finances dictate, really. It's just where the interest comes from, to be yeah, honest. Absolutely. In terms of yeah. um, top-end championship clubs probably won't look at them. Middle of the road probably would. Middle, bottom end, maybe abroad. Um, all, depend, all depends. I don't think it'll be... When we say... I think stereotypically when we say cash in we think sort of get quite a bit of money but I don't think oh uh, no yeah but yeah qualify that when when I mean cash in I mean whatever um, whatever cash offer comes I, you know not in terms of building this mammoth cash pot budget thing I just mean in terms of getting whatever and you know, sorting the wage but you know things like that so um, so yeah Spencer we've, we've spoke on those obviously a um, couple more questions both of Slightly different topics, Johnny. Both quite interesting, I thought. Um, John, we'll keep Jake Livermore to the end, perhaps, Joey, for, for now. And um, penultimate question from Happy B79. This season's kit designs have been awesome, and I think they will go down as future classics, especially if a miracle happens and we make it through to the playoff. I hope next seasons are as good and the fan group is involved again. What is your all time favourite kit design and why? Which is, a, I think, is a corker of a question and probably a tough one to just drop on you while you're at the wheel like this, is Johnny. It, I don't know if he's talking. We'll talk Albion kits and then we'll talk in general. I presume he means Albion, but yeah, it's we can. My the favourite Albion shirt I've ever bought is either the two oh one oh two one, the Patrick one, where the red piping round the, the neck, no collar, like a granddad collar, just and the significance of it because they did so well. Oh, this is hard because I've got a few. I've got a red, a red one from the late nineties. West Bromwich Builders on it, and it's got a collar. Yeah, yeah. There was one where we were sponsored by. Oh, who was the sponsor? Can't remember that. I think it was Di Matteo Hodgson season. That had a collar. I love a kit with a collar. Not T-Mobile, no. No, it was later than that. I can't remember what it was now. That's the last Albion shirt I actually bought. Um, but I probably, yeah, I probably have to go with that. I do the third kit from. Um, 0405 as well I've got that with the red the white with a double stripe down it looks like an international shirt that, I'd say that's probably there among my favourite some classic shouts in there classics. in there Johnny I actually um, before Friday's press conference just before the Norwich game I actually made a trip to the Hawthorns non-work yes. related I was uh, I was in the club shop um, I've got friends we've got me and my other I've got friends visiting from uh, from the States in the summer they're coming over from um, Texas. I just realised as I'm telling this story, I'm assuming said friends aren't going to listen to this podcast because uh, it, tell, it tells of the surprise oh, present. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, oh dear. Um, anyway, I'll tell the story. Anyway, yeah, I I, uh, I opted for a, a retro. Well, I opted for an Albion shirt. I, I was I was I was hopeful of this season's home because I, I quite like it, as um, as Happy B said as well. But uh, I opted for a classic, Johnny. I opted for the uh, the classic Bob. Bob Taylor, your promotion isn't it? Hundred years at the Hawthorns. It's an absolute beauty, still available in the club shop. Um, yeah, got it, got it printed and everything. Really happy with that. West Bromwich Building Society on the front. I'm obviously not not being an Albion fan, but certainly being from the area, growing up. Yeah, me, me and you are the same age, aren't we, Johnny? So those kits really around the turn of the millennium are probably what we remember first. I, I remember seeing those. That's sort of my some of my early football memories. Um, so yeah, that that, that I, I was really taken by that. I'm really pleased when I got it actually. And um, I think it's a classic shirt. Just everything, everything Albion for me. Uh, really, really happy with it. There's 
there's um there is a kit I, I don't know the the exact year or, or date but it's just sort of sprung to my mind um there's a great pick of richard sneakers from from what i presume is the 90s johnny mid uh, mid to late 90s there's a great pick of him i don't know if it's after he scored a goal but with the baggy bird and and he's in a, a blue and white i i'll have to find a picture later to show you but it's uh it's a cool yeah it's a cracking photo and it's a great kit um it would be i mean when did sneakers play it's going to be around the mid to mid 95 96 97 not exactly sure but that, that's quality yeah and um and and that does some absolute belting yellow and greens from over the years oh, yeah, they're, they're not um, as good they're not as good these days there's some um, there's some there was some crackers back there I'm trying to I had uh, the cereal kits of yeah. uh, of his generation are just uh, they're, they're just class aren't they were they? good 90s I had uh, my mum come back from shopping one day she'd been sifting around the charity shop and she came back with Albion fans remember this probably Brian Jensen and Russell Walder's shirt maybe a little bit before <laughs> as well it was a goalkeeper niche shirt. It was sil- It was like silver. It sparkled. It was like goalkeeper kids are rank, really. But this kit was was quite. It had the, the really old Albion crest on it as well, which Albion will resonate with Albion fans. But anyway, enough. I love talking about yeah. um, waxing lyrical about kits. dream kits. But yeah, good <laughs> question. Like that. Yeah, very good. Um, so our final one just for this sort of uh, today's shortened podcast. We're, we're doing okay time-wise, Johnny, as you uh, safely safely get me to to location in north wales um final one's come from come from alex who's at his almond nuts 92 great twitter handle there um he does start it with saying more of a moan but i, I think there is a well i don't there's a, certainly a topic in there yeah it's more of a moan but what is wrong with some Albion fans question mark going mad about livermore and other players heard people moaning about him when he came on yesterday and other players who played all right because how much we paid get behind them you miserable sods he used I think I can use the word sods can't I with a thumbs up emoji but um, yeah I think I think we can like, I, I'm not gonna just a comment on that I, every football club every football club's fan base has grumblers and moaners and groaners I, I know we're in an Albion bubble here and Albion fans and yourself Johnny and listeners will say you know, I might say, oh, there's, there's loads that you know that sit around me, or loads of the baggies. But another one there, another McDonald's. Wow, this is like some sort of McDonald's bingo, isn't it? Wow. Um, every every fan base has, you know, doom mongers, moaners. So, um, but I think we'll move this on to Livermore, Johnny. Just yeah, a quick few minutes to um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk Livermore at a greater length. I think maybe you know post Swansea or start of the summer, obviously when he officially leaves, but. We had the letter on Friday night, didn't we? And then we had a great moment deep into stoppage time yesterday when he came on. And the post-match stuff was brilliant, wasn't it? When he went to do Sky and the lap of appreciation, he had the fans down in the corner of the Smerwick sort of singing his name and his kids and his family. Nice moment. And, um, I, you know, a good servant to the club. Six and a half years, 200-odd games. You don't, kind of, you, you don't really get that longevity much uh, at any level, do you? So, you know, I know there have been ups and downs. You know, we're not talking about him as greatest midfielder or anywhere near top Albion midfielders however you know he's given six and a half nearly seven years of his his career and at the start of that yes he was you know good money and on a a good salary for a lot of his time but that's because he joined Albion as a you know a a big player profile didn't he an international long-serving Premier League player anyway and and I I just think um, good good servant And, and from what we 
we hear and what we know super behind the scenes he, he could have you know, basically early on in Carlos Corbin's reign told that he's not going to be part of the first team regular picture he's not going to start games or even come off the bench could have chucked you know, could have had an absolute wobbler couldn't he chucked his dummy out and said well I'm not going to be involved or interested in this however it's, it's been the opposite he's been at games he's been rallying the troops um, you know lifting younger players sort of you know just encouragement and it could have gone the other way and I think yeah we, we probably need to acknowledge that but yeah nice moment for him wasn't it Johnny it was um, I got battered on Twitter on Friday night for sort of saying that Livermore had been a good servant for Albion and they got their money's worth I stand by that and I, I think I think when you say people have been a good servant some people wrongly probably think you're trying to call them a club legend Livermore's no, by no stretch an Albion club legend but you've still got a sort of admire what he's done for Albion I think he's got a promotion under his belt he almost kept us up and, and people say he, was, he wasn't really good in the Premier League years he got all his eight caps in those first two Premier League years for England you know he's in the England squad um, so he's, in all, he's, a, he's, a, he's one that's a certain, a certain section of Albion fans have got this perceived idea about that he's a bad egg and we were at Hull last season um, me and a few of the other local media and we were walking to the ground and sort of uh, a few Albion fans who listened to the podcast come over and, and started chatting and it was at a time where Albion were on a pretty bad run I think if you remember it was Steve Bruce's first win um, but the fans were going oh we've heard that so and so is a bad egg in the dressing room and the, and the one men, name they mentioned was Livermore and it's interesting how these things come around that's not what we've heard we've heard how exceptionally is behind the scenes um, you only have to listen to Connor Townsend's interview on BBC WM last night to, to see that um, about how much he is fully appreciated and he is appreciated by fans behind the scenes and I just want to let you in on a little story of a sort of colleague of mine Albion were at, I think it was at Derby last season where we lost 1-0 at Derby um, if you remember rightly around Christmas time and I think Jake Livermore came out to do the press and uh, at the time Albion had been on a bit of a bad run under Val and, and the media had been critical of Val and critical of the players and um, I think Livermore was speaking off camera or off recording to, to, to someone one of the, someone from the local media and, and sort of told the press everything that you've written about us or everything that you've said about us is correct you know we know we have, we've we been rubbish we haven't been good enough to words to them affect that effect um, and I thought that's just a mark of him he's an honest pro who's had a good career Albion paid £10 million for him and I think they've more than got their money's worth and, and you'll always have people all whinge about it and for me on an ability side of things I think he was probably done at Albion two years ago and I think if he was out of contract two years ago he probably would have left the club um, sort of when they got relegated for the Premier League you know he didn't play much under Sam Allardyce played a lot last season played a lot towards the start of this season and I think he'd probably admit that as well and I think be interesting to see that listen to the conversations behind the scenes I imagine he probably had a clause that if he played a certain amount of games he would trigger a new contract that's probably why we haven't seen him until yesterday um, I'm not saying that's true I, that's just my assumption yeah, really. no, perhaps yeah, um, yeah. but he's been a good servant he's not going to be in your Brunt Morrisons your McCauley's of recent times but he'll certainly be well remembered at Albion yeah um, well put Johnny I think we've, we've covered that there and again we'll probably touch on on him uh, maybe in the coming weeks and stuff like that when we're sort of assessing the squad and how it's going to change moving forward um, I think we can probably wrap it up there can't we this has been a 
well certainly a different edition you know the, the, the highlight for me has been spotting the McDonald's to be honest like some sort of food deprived children that we are um, but there we go I hope you've uh, I hope the quality's been okay anyway are we alright how long have we done how long have we've we done? done best part of 50 minutes I think John uh, yeah just Ooh, past 45 just past minutes. 45 yeah well we'll just finish by wishing Coxie all the best on his stag day I hope he gets embarrassed I hope he gets oh. really drunk next week in, uh, in Germany is he going yes Germany? yes very kind mate yeah so um, I actually fly back on the Monday when, when, when the game is but I think I think my flight is sort of after the game so I'm hoping I can sort of follow the scores from over there because obviously all kinds of stuff could be going on in South Wales couldn't it but I'm uh, I'm watching Borussia Mönchengladbach on a Saturday and then I am touch wood as long as the tickets that we've uh, we've bought come through all fine I don't want to jinx it or anything um, we're in Dortmund's yellow wall on the Sunday um, oh, part of part of 80 odd thousand there for Dortmund Wolfsburg and yeah I mean that's I, I've I've seen very little actually no football abroad so it's it's like Dortmund's bucket list stuff isn't it certainly the yellow wall so yeah I can't wait I'm, I'm, I'm gutted I can't beat Swans actually Johnny the, the only game I've missed this season was Cardiff at home nil-nil in August because I was watching Cole play in Wembley and I was pretty glad you covered that for I me. I think I've missed many. You you covered that for me, and I was I was yeah. pretty glad to miss that one yeah, because not awful. not a lot happened, did it? Awful, yeah. um, but I, of all the ones to miss, I mean, I've done well to pick this final day when uh, playoffs are on the line. I don't know, but uh, as I've said before, I actually booked to miss this weekend, thinking that Albion's playoff place would be secure by now. So a schoolboy amateur mistake from me. But having said that, you know, it was done because at least when I'll be back, I'll be ready to tackle the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, let's look at it like that. Um, but thanks, Johnny. And, yeah, we'll, we'll, what will we? we'll reconvene, I suppose, post-Swans to, post to dissect. Swans. Yeah, we'll wait till you've uh, you sort of... Recovered. Recovered and dusted off your hangover. But there you go, Baggies fans. Thanks for listening. If the, the sound quality's not as good, we do apologise. If you're not very happy with it, well, tough. It's been recorded now, <laughs> so it's going to be out... Uh, well, we're on Sunday now, so it might be out today. It might be out on uh, Monday. So I'm, uh, I'm feeling, but we never know. We it's it, the, the sun's bla- blazing here in uh, in North Wales. We just come past Colwyn Bay. Hopefully, it is blazing down on Albion in South Wales next Monday. They're going to need a miracle, but like we said, it happened in 2005. It has happened before. Stranger things have happened in football. I'll probably have about three laptops out watching various different games next uh, next Monday, and I'm sure Albion fans will be glued to their phones. Um, when I keep looking forward to next Monday, I keep looking back to the great escape. It won't be as big, but it'll certainly be memorable, hopefully. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, boing boing. Boing boing.